fresh breakfast. Monday to Friday, 5, 5 to 8 a.m. on Metro FM. The World Economic Forum on Africa was in Durban last week. And uh, one of the speakers there, former leader of the opposition in parliament and the World Economic Forum, young global leader. She left politics for a while and pursued academia. She's back and more vocal than ever before. She spent the week at the WEF on Africa in Durban last week. She spoke about leadership and the need for freshness with regards to local governance. Please welcome at her mother's house because her mother answered the phone. (laughs) Lindiwe Mazibugo. How are you doing, Lindiwe? I'm good, French. How are you? I love the fact that your mother answered the phone. <laughs> well, I'm in Durban. We must merge the, the old with the new, and I'm in my mother's house now, so yeah. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing because a lot of people, when, the, when a lot of people think they've arrived, they don't even stay at mama's house anymore. They go to a hotel. No, I'm, I'm here for mama's house. It's the best place to stay in Durban. A 39 year old <laughs> is about to lead France. What can we learn it's from most- that? It's the most wonderful, wonderful thing. There's a couple of things we can learn, but the most important is that um, Emmanuel Macron, as a candidate, did not wait for the system to validate him. Mm. He felt as though his, uh, the leader of his uh, government, that's the, the, French pres- the former president, uh, François Hollande, was not supporting his rise. He left. Uh, and when he could not find a home in the political organizations of the left and the right, which have dominated France for such a long time, mm. he started his own organization. And this is the lesson of, of that election. It's the lesson of the Canadian election. It's the lesson of le- elections all over the globe where young presidents and young prime ministers are taking over. You don't ask for permission to lead. You take the opportunity when it comes. You, you run and you beat the incumbents mm. who are promoting the status quo. Now, that is the kind of culture we need here on the African continent. In, in fact, that was my next question. Majority of Africans are young people, but we continue to vote for these people who are in the 70s, 80s, and 90s even. Yeah, yeah. And then we have a meeting every year, a very important meeting, which the World Economic Forum has the power to convene, to ask questions about how, what, kind, what leadership must do in the face of challenges like climate change, like civil protests, like youth unemployment. But we ask the people who've been in power for literally generations. Mm. We're asking people. Mugabe was there. We're asking people who are yeah. hanging on to the dream of the OAU from the sixties. Exactly, President Museveni was there. We have a president in East Africa just secured himself an extra twenty-seven years to rule. Mm. Why didn't he succession plan? Mm. Why are we asking people who have no incentive? to do exactly what needs to be done because they want to cling to power. Why are we asking them to come up with the solutions? Now, West does, does the responsible thing by holding governments accountable, by inviting them to come and engage. Mm. But we as young people have to ask these elephants in the room questions that are perhaps difficult for an outside organization to pose. As young Africans, why do we expect the current crop of leaders mm. who have done nothing to demonstrate a commitment to making life better for the, the hundreds of millions of young Africans on the continent. Mm. What makes us think this year they're going to change their mind and do better? Sure. It's not the case. So my, 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 my conviction is that as a continent, we actually need to, to realize that leadership doesn't spring out of nowhere. It has to be nurtured, supported, and succession plans have to be put in place. And if they're not, we must be willing when the time comes to contest for power mm. and to take the reins over ourselves. And that's a continental project that we need to work on. How do we start? I mean, I'm sitting at home. I don't have a job. 
you know, I've, 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 things, I have concerns about my country. Where do I start? Mm. One of the wonderful things about democracy is that it is not only up to the leaders to do the work. Mm. So, yes, young people, are their stomachs are empty, their hope is disappearing, and they're angry. But leadership doesn't just take place in the cradles of power. Leadership takes place within our communities. It takes place in churches, in schools, in homes, all over the country. And what we need to do as young people, and it's what's happening in South Africa right now, is people are taking ownership of their responsibility to hold the government accountable. Mm. But we can take it further. As citizens, every citizen in this country has a right to appear before Parliament to make their case on a specific issue. Mm. So here our students are a classic example. No doubt that the fee issue is going to come up towards the end of this year. And instead of just marching every year, students now have to think about the ways in which they can take up leadership in a substantive way by walking into those parliamentary corridors, sitting before the finance committee and demonstrating that they have changed the budget and shown that that the budget can sustain free education or highly, highly, more highly subsidized higher education. Mm. So where it might feel like we're hopeless, what's actually often lacking on the continent is a culture of you know, we have the right to walk into these rooms, into these corridors of power. We have the right and we have the responsibility to walk in and say what we think. And if we don't get the results we want, to agitate for change. Mm. Not to ask for it, not to beg for it, but to agitate for it. And then there's a duty on existing older leadership. I'm not, you know, I'm not trashing older leaders. There are many good presidents on the continent who've done extraordinary well, but they're, they're in the minority. And so the leaders in government, the leaders in business who understand the need for succession, who understand that we can't keep turning to leaders of yesterday to struggle veterans, to people from the past to solve today's problems, they need to be part of the solution. And we need to create systems, organizations, institutions of leadership support, organizations that can help businesses, that can help nonprofit organizations succession plans that there's always somebody competent, young, ready to take over. So there's never a need for anyone to cling to power. We need to change that culture of clinging to power, of refusing to let go, of refusing to succession plan. We need to inculcate it in every part of our society, not just in our politics. And then over time, it will start to change. 754, she's a World Economic Forum young global leader. Linduwe Mazibuko is joining us. In fact, we're about to wrap up with her. Uh, looking at a country like Rwanda, Rwanda are doing well, but the president is not necessarily the nicest guy mm-hmm. on, on, on the continent. Mm. How do we strike that balance between that? Well, I think one of the challenges in Rwanda is that we as Africans need to not allow specifically, and not only, but specifically, outside organizations to tell us that we have to choose between democracy and economic development, Mm. between development and freedom. That's a false choice. It's a very, very false choice. Mikey Sao in Senegal says this over and over again. He's the president of Senegal. He says it repeatedly. There is no such choice between development and freedom. In fact, the data prove that the more freedom any country has, especially developing world nations have, the more likely they are to develop economically. But there's this false narrative that's being spread around the continent with small examples here and there. Rwanda is one of them. Uh, Lee Kuan Yew's work in Singapore is another. That describes small countries that moved off a small economic base in which one person had power for a very long time Mm. and was able to implement substantive change. Mm. But the the notion that people's impulse towards self-determination must be subverted so that one person can declare themselves the only person capable of making the country better Mm. is on its face irresponsible. 
And so, you know, I think we have a duty, again, as people who have platforms to speak about these things, to reject that notion every time it's brought up. Because there is a, there's, a, there's a vested interest back there. Mm-hmm. You know, I know many young people, and one of the privileges of studying in an international, uh, um, in an international uh, institution is that I've met people who, in the public service in Rwanda, extraordinary people, young men, young women, who would make formidable successes in that government. Mm-hmm. Why have they not been prepared for succession? Sure. Why is it essential that this one person is the only person to hang on to power? And, you know, we hear things about how he was part of the... He, he was part of bringing an end to the to the tragic genocide that took place in Rwanda. But why must people be? Why must that stick be used to beat the people every year mm. as if it's a threat? Sure. You know, if I'm not in power, this country will devolve. Why? Why have you not planned for somebody else mm. to be capable of preventing this tragedy from striking again? So I think we must be careful. You know, when we hear these arguments um, and when we hear these examples used and held up as if they will apply to every single country, that the, the fundamental truth about you know, dictators, whether they are benevolent or not, um, is that they don't represent um, the will of the people. They sure. do not respond. Um, and that we have seen, we've got examples, many more examples all over the world, but especially in Africa, of mm. how leaders begin well and that over time, absolute power. Mm-hmm. So we mustn't fall for this debate. It's not a choice. We can have democracy. We can have development at the same time. In fact, accountability is good for development. Lindue, on that note, and um, as succinctly as possible, uh, are you back in politics anytime soon? I don't think so. Um, I'm definitely back in South Africa, but I'm working on another project. So you're done with politics? Um, well, oh, good. No, no, I'm not done with politics. But for the, for now, for now, though. Politics. But for now, no, there's no politics in my immediate future. And then Um, it would be irresponsible not to ask you this. Did the madam make you? (laughs) (laughs) My mother, who your producer spoke to earlier. Oh, okay. She made you. My father made me. Okay. Uh, Anybody else who claims otherwise is delusional. (laughs) On that note, Lindu Mazibugo, thank you so much. We love your mind. We love how you think. And uh, hopefully young South Africa are listening. Thank you so much, Fresh. Thank you, Lindy Way. Fresh Breakfast. Monday to Friday, 5, 5 to 8 a.m. On Metro FM.